Hi, Mel. How, how's it going? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Wh- wh- where are you based out of? I'm based out of North Carolina. And is that where you do most of your shows? Mostly. Not to say I haven't gone farther for the right artist. Oh, yeah, I totally get that. We all we all travel a bunch. Um, how long have you been doing this for? Um, since 2019. Wow, so about four years. Uh, what made you want to pick up the camera? Um, so I've always been doing photography on some level, but I also went to a lot of shows. And I happened to be like at a show of my favorite band at the time, way back. And I was just watching their tour photographer, watching them do what they do. And I was like, I should do that. I could do this. And it was just kind of silly. But then the next time the band came around, I asked them because I've gotten to know them a little bit. And they gave me my first photo pass. And I've just been addicted ever since. Yeah, that's really awesome. It's it's kind of crazy how uh, just things of chance can really lead you down a really interesting path. Yeah. Um. So w- when you got started, um, what was the timeline like between when you started photography and when you started music scene media? Um. So I started music photography in May 2019. And I didn't start music scene media until January 2022. So it was a while. Hmm. So uh, (laughs) did you work for uh, other publications during that time or were you kind of just doing the local thing? No. Well, so I, I found out not long after getting into it that publications were a necessity (laughs) to go anywhere. Um, and so I had joined a couple and I was on those, which I'm still on them, um, helping them out occasionally. But after a while, I was like, well, I would really like to have, to be able to do the shows I want to do and not have them all be taken. And so I just decided to start it and see what happens. And I'd asked one person to join and that was Alyssa. I'd met her at a show and it just blew up from there. Everyone wanted to join. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Oh my goodness. What would happen? I just wanted to get my own shows. And now it's this huge international thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of crazy how that happens. And Alyssa, that's, that's a pretty chance um, thing happening. Cause I don't know how big she was when you started but she's doing some crazy cool stuff now and she's like one of the best there is yeah she wasn't as big then um but funny story we met at a silverstein show and we got kicked out of the photo pit together that was fun oh you're gonna have to tell that story for the podcast (laughs) if you're able it's not as interesting as it sounds but we were shooting And there was too much crowd surfing and things like that. So they started, they kicked her out and they kicked me out. And then we're standing out there looking and she goes, they didn't kick anyone else out. And I looked and I was like, oh, wow, you're right. And she's like, you want to sneak back in? I was like, yeah, let's go. And so we did. And they didn't kick us out and we got to shoot the rest of the show. And it was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's really cool. Um, 
I kind of had a similar story when it came to like joining a publication because uh, I did do the local circuit really, really hard for a while at least. And eventually you're like, hmm, I wonder what it's like to shoot bands that, you know, actually have a following and bands that, you know, you actually listen to. So you kind of have to like kind of choose when you um, when you kind of get started. And I think that's really interesting thing, too. As someone who runs a publication, when would you say is the best time for somebody to join a publication after how much experience? I definitely think people should have some experience in the local scene, Um, not even just to get the practice to learn how to shoot in any condition, which is super important but also just to build connections and you never know how big those bands are going to get either. Like you could end up getting touring gigs and just get huge from there. But I definitely think the practice and just being able to work in low light is just, you cannot like underestimate that it's so valuable. So I guess it's probably different for everyone. Um, But I would say at least a few solid months of it, Um, maybe six months before you would even try to branch out. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I, I, I receive a lot of messages. I'm sure you might as well from photographers who are just getting going. And I have people being like, okay, I shot my first show. How do I get a press pass? And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) slow down a bit. Like, um, you kind of at least need to know how to shoot in manual at a show first. Um, and stuff like that. And I don't know. I also I thought your point about making connections is really underrated, too, because I know a lot of photographers who, you know, kill it at the photo pass thing. And, you know, they do the craziest photos ever, but they don't get any paid work. They don't go on tour usually because people underestimate and underrate how much connections mean, because. If it comes between a band with a photographer who may not be as technically solid, but they have a good connection with, but good rapport with, they've been with them for years versus somebody they've literally never met before, except they shot a show for three songs at House of Blues somewhere. They're going to choose the person they have a connection with like 19 out of 20 times. So I think that is a very uh, underestimated and underrated portion that people kind of forget. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's, I probably wouldn't say it's as enjoyable, but it, I mean, it depends on the band, but overall, like it's, it may not be as enjoyable to shoot a band you've never heard of that you don't know anything by versus like your favorite band. But I think it's really important to put that work in still because you, you don't realize how much it's going to help you. And heck, I say like, even if you are shooting a bigger band, like go up and say hi to them at the merch table, like. You know, make yourself known, make connections. Like I um I met Darius from Spy af- after their sets at the Wage War show in St. Petersburg. And I didn't really expect anything to happen, but I handed him my business card, and next thing I know, he made one of my pictures, his profile picture on all of his social media, and he posted them and it got like three thousand likes. So like even somebody just having heard of you is like the biggest thing ever. You can't really make those connections unless you do something, make those connections. 
But anyway, um, I've, I'm kind of skipping around a bit, but when you, this is something that's kind of interesting to me because I have a weird story with it, but did you do any kind of photography before, uh, before you started concert photography? Yes. Um, I've kind of always done it in some form. So I started out with, you know, the, the boring kind with the, the families, the weddings and all that. <laughs> and then I got, um, I got really into self-portrait photography, like creative themed self-portraits. And then I started doing a lot of work, just like conceptual creative portraiture with like models and stuff. And then, but as soon as I started music, that's, it's taken all of my focus. I almost never do anything else unless it's like a favor for someone. And this is just, this is definitely where my passion is. Yeah, I completely get that. Uh, it's funny, in my case, I uh, I got the idea to shoot concerts, and I never held a professional camera in my life before I went to my first show. And um, it was kind of a an experience, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, sometimes diving into the deep end can be very valuable. And that's still really cool that you had that experience, though, because I've been trying to break into portraits since I started and it's it's hard unless you know people who actually want portraits to be taken of them that aren't band members yeah it's funny though I had no idea how to use manual until I did music photography and now I'll go back and I'll like be doing portraits for someone and I'm like I don't know how to do this anymore (laughs) it's just like live music and I know my go-to settings but manual like when I first started to do a portrait other than live music and i was like um because i used to do aperture priority but i had to learn manual you know because it's just to be able to make everything work the way i wanted it to yeah it was really strange when i started doing like band portraits and stuff because i uh i had to like reverse engineer it like i had to be like okay so i'm allowed to shoot past f stop 2.8 like that's actually a thing like oh my god like i didn't even know that was possible on on a lens so you know sometimes having like different experiences can really help you in the long run but anyway um back to music scene media you're the editor-in-chief you founded it um how 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 would you say it has grown since you started? Like, where is it now compared to to when you started it in twenty twenty two? So when I started it, it was me, and then Alyssa joined, and then I found our reviews editor Connor, and there was there was probably about five of us within the first few months. Now we are almost at forty, <laughs> including about three or maybe four guest photographers. But it comes out to about 37 or 38 people, I think. Um, got people in, we've got someone in Sweden, someone in the UK, two in Australia, and um, a journalist in Ireland who's from France. So kind of got, and then other than that, just all across the country and the US, and one in Canada as well. So. Got quite a representation um, of different genres, different people from all walks of life. Um, And we are getting about 
six and a half thousand um, unique monthly visitors. Wow, that's very impressive, especially since uh, you said you've only been doing this for like somewhere around a year and a half, right? And I had no idea what I was doing, and I still don't. Yeah, that's kind of a common thing in concert photography. Um, I talk to people, I'm like, man, I don't know how you do this. And they're just like, I push a button and then stuff happens. But um, I'm actually curious because I'm in a bunch of Press Connect groups and you are as well, because that's how you found me, for example. Yeah. I, I'm sure you see a lot of complaining about, I don't know how to get a publication's attention. You know, I submit my work and they just never get back to me. So what are some things that, you know, starting photographers or maybe photographers who have been doing this that want to find publication uh, should do that makes them stand out to you when you're like reviewing an application? Um, for me personally, I ended up putting questions in the application. One, for example, of why do you want to join? Because I felt like that helped a lot for people to give people a space to say, you know, what they're looking for in a publication, which helps me a lot to know that, you know, going in what they're expecting from me to know if I can even help them to begin with. Um, but so something like that, like a statement to kind of, you know, say, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. I think being able to explain to the publication what you want out of it, you know, and what you can offer as well is important. As far as their work goes, I try to find people whose work, you know, looks like they understand how to shoot in manual. Um, understand like the basics of photography but i also like it when they have kind of a style to it i know it's hard to find a style but i do like people that make the work their own um it's not just it doesn't necessarily look like everyone else's but that i feel like they could handle you know i, I want to see someone that i think i don't want to see just your best stadium lit shots like i want to see low light a good variety in their portfolio to know that hey they can handle this if they want to show that's you know <laughs> at a tiny venue i know they've got this they can cover it um so yeah i think i think that's what i'm gonna go with that was kind of long and rambly <laughs> no no it's all good um i think that is funny though because as someone who did grind the local circuit for a bit, um, like when I, it's funny though, because there's difference, differences of perspectives. Like for me, for example, a lot of people wouldn't think much of seeing um, like a well lit, like Harry Styles, Five Seconds of Summer, Taylor Swift type show where there's like, it's almost like you're indoor at those stadiums just because they're so well lit. Whereas yeah. for me, it's like, Oh, they're stage facing lights. That's like the coolest thing ever. Oh, wait, I can actually see the performer's face. What in the world? Like, you yeah. know, I think I think I I can definitely owe my my decentness at photography to the fact to where I've basically shot in closets for the majority of the shows that I've done. And I think it's really cool that you look out for stuff like that. Yeah, I think you have to, because, <laughs> you know, at some point they're not just going to want big shows. They're going to want small shows. 
and also you never know what's going to happen at a show. Um, you may come in and you're like, yeah, this is going to be photo pit. It's going to be great lighting. You come in. And, nope. It's dark. It's, you know, soundboard. <laughs> it's good to know that no matter what's thrown at them, they're going to be able to handle it. So back to photographer Mel, kind of staying on subject. Um, what is the hardest show that you have shot so far that you can think of? Ooh. Um, in terms of lighting and everything, or just everything in general? Uh, it could be either or, just whatever proved the most challenging situation. I've had a lot of difficult ones. It usually ends up being lighting circumstances, which I have upgraded my camera since then, thankfully, um, to the A7 III Sony. Versus when I had the A7 II, and ISO was very limited. Um, so most of the trouble I've had has been with that, just not being able to push it where I wanted to push it to to get the results I wanted. Um, and, of course, also now we have the uh, Denoise AI in Lightroom, which is life-changing. Um, other than that, difficult, I would actually say my first festival Um, because there's so much going on that you're trying to keep up with. There's constantly a band going on that you want to cover. Um, You have to be in good shape for it as well, which I was not. So you need to be in good physical shape. You need to be like well rusted. So you're kind of able just to just follow everything that's going on and keep up. Um, It's more challenging than it sounds. And I think one thing about festivals that people don't really get when they try to critique photographers and what they do is that even though we may necessarily get a press pass, photo pass, admission, whatever, it's a very expensive experience to go to a festival as well. Like, the reason I think why they allow so many people is that they know you're going to pay 200, 300 bucks in food, water, drinks, whatever else anyway. So that's where they're going to get you. Like I, I went to reggae rise up like, okay, I'm shooting this band. They're letting me in for free. This is going to be easy. And then next thing, you know, all my money is just gone just because I had to eat. I had to drink water. I had to do this. I had to do that. So like, I think that's an underrated thing about festivals as well. The, uh, the gear in general for music photography is insane because before I did music, I lived on a 50 millimeter lens and now all of a sudden, Nope, I got to have this lens. I have to have this. Everything we do is expensive. We might get free tickets and you know, the good access, but no, we're all broke. It was funny. So, um, one of my photography idols, per se, is Aaron Berkshire from Jacksonville. He does some NFL stuff, some stuff for like it. Memphis Mayfire and stuff like that. And he mm-hmm. posts a story of his setup for a wedding. He had six camera bodies that are all like A7-4s. He had like 20 different lenses. And I'm like, dude, that probably costs more than my apartment. Just that yeah. alone. Like, oh, my goodness. Like. When people are just saying all this stuff about, oh, you guys just want the clout and free shows, I'm like, 
do you want to see my monthly bill for my lenses and stuff? Like, I don't think yeah. you're, you want my life, dude. Like, it's very fun, but there is a big cost to the fun we have. I think Nifty 50 is a good way to start in the concert photography, though, especially if you're just shooting little venues and stuff, because they're usually uh, F1.8, which is like perfect for like low lighting situations almost like. And 50, you can do a lot with you can back up, you can scoot up. Um, there's a lot you can do with that. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And I actually didn't upgrade for the longest time. I think it was. About a year ago now, I finally got a 24 to 70. Um, shout out to your podcast name. And I finally got the 24 to 70, my first zoom lens. And it was replacing five lenses that I was using, five primes. I just kept upgra- upgrading primes because that's all I could afford. But now I just, I pretty much use a 24 to 70 and a 14. I, I, I know a lot of photographers who swear by primes and I get it because, you know, F 1.8, F 1.4, you know, that's really great for low lighting. You can do some really cool stuff, but man, I paid for that 24 to 70 once. Yeah. And, and I, I don't do a lot of front of house shows as you know, but that 24 to 70 has done literally anything I've asked it to do. I've shot dive bars. I've shot Janice live in Florida, which is like the big venue down here. Like I've shot tours with it. I've, I've never really wanted another lens. And I think that's a really cool thing about zoom lenses that people underestimate is that while I see a lot of photographers switch lenses in between songs, all you have to do is just wait for the next song and I don't have to miss a second of it. And that's really fun. I just got my second zoom lens, so I just got a hundred or not a hundred, um, seventy to three hundred, and I don't think I'll be using it much. But it's it's nice to have that extra backup. But yeah, I don't like to have to change lenses, and I don't usually have to. But it is nice to have that backup now in case I need to. Yeah, I really want to get into uh, sports photography, and I think. I think it's Rich who does like Cubs games, right? And and, and MSM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, he has like a f four f six point eight lens, but yeah. it does like one fifty to three fifty, and oh my goodness, his pictures just look amazing. And I'm like, I want to do that someday, yeah. even if it's just for fun. Like, that just that just looks amazing. Like, it looks like something off of an ESPN website. Yeah. My uh my 70 to 300 I actually bought from him. So <laughs> you know, uh, version. I that's one thing I really enjoy too is the community at MSM like there are more active people and less active people but the people who make an effort to be active in our chat there's a really close knit community there and I think that's really cool that you fostered something like that. Because I'm able to just share stuff I'm going through photography related or just stuff I'm going through with life. And I have a good like support system just with you guys. And that's really that's really a fun thing, because I think the worst thing you could be as a country photographer is being stuck on an island. Yeah. And it is one big community and it should be. That's that's been important to me, especially as the publication has gone on, that I really want people to feel like this is a 
a group of family and, you know, if, if they have a question, I don't want anyone to be like, well, they'll make fun of me. No, they won't. If they do, they're fired. <laughs> like, just, this is a welcoming space. And I want that to be like that. So I've been telling people more when I've let them on, be like, well, you know, I'll let you join, but it is important to maybe you participate in the team chat. Like, we're a small, close-knit group. Like, but yeah, I mean, you can get anything there. Advice, tips, you can give people advice. I hope it's as rewarding as I want it to be for people. Yeah, it's re- it's a really cool thing. Um I myself had a lot of people that I looked up to and maybe people that gave me advice when I first started going. Did you have anybody that you looked up to and met yeah. mentor type roles when you started? Yeah, I did. And still do. I still have some, you know, same contacts and I don't have to reach out as much now as I did back then, but it's always nice to have somebody that you look up to that's gone through it all and you can ask them for advice. Drop some names, drop some recommendations. We got to we gotta boost these people's follows with the right. 24-70 worldwide audience. My first publications that I was on that I still help with occasionally, one is Soundlink Magazine. It's, I think, yeah, soundlinkmagazine.com. It's run by Joshua Lowe. Um, he is amazing. Very helpful. And the other one is Fuel the Scene Magazine, which is fuelthescene.com. And it's mainly run by Kenny Brown, who's become a very good friend of mine. He's a very helpful dude. He's very active in his local scene. Um, and he's always been very helpful whenever, even we have someone on MSM, and I'm like, hey, there's a show that's taken and somebody else really wants it. This is what their work looks like. This is what you can expect article-wise. Do you think you could help him out? And he does, every time almost. Wow, that's really cool. Um, me, myself, I'd like to drop a couple names as well, just because, you know, this is my first episode, and people may not have heard me say stuff like this before, but uh, I really appreciate, for example, Jeremy Messmore out of Chicago. He does killer work. Um, he was like my sole guide when I first started. Like He taught me everything I know about black and white. Uh, everything I know about just various, various things, especially with Lightroom and stuff. Um, Johnny Costa, like Monster Flames, touring photographer, he kind of gave me some advice when I got started. Um, Mac Knox um, out of Tampa, they they give me some advice when it comes to like the venues I haven't been to yet. And just stuff like that is really fun. And I just, I just hit up Alyssa that you mentioned for some advice about managing touring duties as well. And uh, she's been super helpful as well. And I think that's really cool. I There are people in our community that do think, not MSM, but, you know, in general, that think this is a big competition and one opportunity for Jackson or Mel is one less opportunity for me. But it's cool when you find the people that aren't like that. And on that note, it's um, Alyssa Moreau, for anyone listening who does not know her and needs to. And her Instagram is Alyssa Moreau, M-O-R-E-A-U-X. Follow her. Check her out. She's amazing. Yes, she is one of the best to do it. So uh, to kind of get into the more nitty gritty to say, um, 
one thing that has been brought up with excitement to me when I started this is the role of women and femmes in concert photography and the music industry in general. So um, what would you say, have you had any challenges as a woman in this space that you would say? Personally, not really. I've definitely heard things, but like I haven't had them happen to me. Not much. Um, If anything, probably less respect, but I don't have like a particular instance. I just feel like overall, I probably get less respect as a photographer and publication owner, I think, than if I were a man. Yeah, I mean, I uh, that that's just, you know, that's just a terrible thing when it comes to that. I like I myself um, have, you know, a bunch of female friends who do this as well. And they just give me horror stories all the time about, you know, things that have happened and people, things people say, and just, it just kind of sucks. And I'm sure you've kind of heard some of those things as well from other people, even if you haven't experienced them yourselves. I think so though, like, um, since when I started, you know, like four years ago, I think the amount of females in the scene is taking over and I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I saw a post uh, from amplify her voice. I think it's called where it was just a whole post about how not, not all female photographers are like this, but some of them are about how, um, how fit fangirls run the music industry and how they are one of the biggest components to artist success. And I couldn't agree more. I think it's really cool. I think we should have more people in the music industry and in the music space who are unafraid to be overly excited and just happy and just excited to work with artists, whether they're big fans or not. And I think that's something really cool, especially the more fangirls and just female photographers we can get in the music industry in general. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about, we're passionate about what we do. So I don't think there should be a limit on that passion. If someone is overly passionate, more power to them, bring it on. Yeah. It's funny too. Um, at the shows I do, there's not a lot of it, but like when I was shooting reggae rise up, for example, um, some of the guys there, you know, they're a little too cool for school, you know, like, hey i've been here before like this ain't nothing to me man whereas like like i don't know my 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 friends who do photography they're just they're like me like they i can see them smiling when they get certain shots like it's just nice to share a passion with people who are excited to be there with you and i think that's something really special as well yeah there's definitely people like that probably at every show that you know they seem like they're too cool to be there and well, I've shot much bigger things. Okay. Well, good for you. But this is what we're doing now and I'm excited to be here. And if you're not, it's fine. I'm just going to talk to someone else. What, what kind of software do you use uh, for your editing? I use Lightroom about most of the time. I was going to say like a percentage, but really it's almost all the time unless it's like advanced retouching for some reason. Um, if I'm trying to clone things out or anything like that, 
I definitely take that into Photoshop because I didn't use Lightroom for a very long time. I didn't know how, and I didn't know how beneficial it was. So I learned how to do everything in Photoshop. I used to do every single photo in Photoshop, like weddings and everything, one photo at a time. And so I'm like more comfortable in it, honestly. But so I'm usually in Lightroom unless I need to do something more advanced because I'm just better with like selection tools and things of that nature in Photoshop. Yeah, I remember um, I was at the House of Blues Chicago for some show and it might have been like day seeker or wage war or something and i think i saw um one of their photographers using photoshop and a stylus for every photo they did just at the merch table and looking back i'm just thinking like wow i could never do that like every (laughs) once in a while i'll see something where i'll use like generative fill or generative expand like the new ai tools yeah but I'm somebody, and I kind of want to hear your editing philosophy too. Where once I don't, I don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. Like if I feel a photo is good enough to where it can be posted, if I see something special, I'll obviously give it the additional time it needs. But if I see a good that can turn into a great photo, I won't necessarily take time to get perfect. I'll make it great, and then I'll keep going and going and going and going. To where like I feel like I have my workflow down to a science. So how how do you kind of pick through your photos? Um so I pick through them mainly mainly looking um like okay, is this in focus? Is this a cool moment? Does it kind of capture the energy of the show? And I'll call those based on those things. And sometimes even if it's not in focus. If it captures that energy and I think someone looking at this photo is going to know this concert was epic, then I'll save it. And then I'll edit usually, you know, until kind of what you said, until it's about good enough. I don't usually dive really deeply on my edits. I'd like to spend more time on them, but I'm usually like, I kind of want to get it done and published in a, in a good time frame you know, and keep everyone happy. But usually later I'll end up doing some re-edits and go a little deeper on them. And that's when I find ones I really love when I put more time and love into them. Yeah, that's my basic workflow. Yes, I totally get that because I'm somebody who practices Lightroom almost constantly to the almost a detriment of me because I'll post like 30 versions of the same photo on my Instagram until my followers just get tired of seeing like wage war picks or avatar picks or something. But um, I just love practicing. I love seeing what I can turn photos into and learn new stuff. Um, but anyway, I think we're kind of trying to get into the wrap up point. So I kind of want to get into some grander scale things. Okay. Um, so do you have any favorite shows that you look back at and just be like, wow, I can't believe I did that? Yes. For different reasons. Um, So I guess arguably my biggest show has been Slipknot. I'm honestly not the biggest Slipknot fan. Not that I'm not a fan. I just don't particularly sit around and listen to them. But it was still a pretty amazing thing. And that seems to be the one that stands out to people. And they're like, oh my god, you shot Slipknot? Yes, I have. (laughs) And it was awesome. 
But then for me personally, like my favorite show um, for sentimental reasons was Andrew McMahon. And that was a couple years ago, the first time I shot him, uh, because I grew up listening to his music. And for those who don't know, he was the front man and founder of Something Corporate, which was my favorite band growing up, and Jack's Mannequin. And now he has his solo project. And he's been amazing at every project he's done. I also actually interviewed him for MSM, which is amazing. We talked on the phone and I got to tell him, you know, I've literally grown up with you. <laughs> and it was just a surreal thing. But that's been my favorite show is that first time I shot him, it was a relatively small medium venue. Um, and I, we were so close at one point. I was just like, how is this happening? Like, this is a person that just, you know, sung everything I listened to throughout like my teens. It's just an amazing experience. Um, and one more that I'll mention is I also listened to a lot of Dashboard Confessional. And I got to work for them recently with All Access. And I was shooting their sound check, and Chris Caraba just comes up to me and he goes, Hey, I'm Chris, and shakes my hand. And I'm like, Everyone knows who you are, Chris. <laughs> it was just, it was like, Told him how much like their music has really helped me get to where I am today because it really helped me survive my teenage years. And he was just like, that's the nicest thing. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it was pretty, pretty amazing one for me. Yeah, that's really incredible. I'm glad you got to have experiences like that because that's really what makes, you know, the grind of this worth it. Because, you know, like... I feel like photographers, especially once you've made made it to different level, we post about, you know, the glory moments, but not necessarily, you know, the moments were up until 2, 3 a.m., you know, working on a photo or a set or just a video or something that just, you know, it's late nights, late driving. But, you know, it's those moments that really make it worth it. Uh, for me, I've I've listened to Fit for a King forever and my first photo pass show basically was fit for a king um era alpha wolf and kingdom of giants from my other publication and i've just seen photos forever of their bassist tuck o'leary jumping in the air and swinging around his base yeah i'm like that's the coolest thing ever and then i actually got to take pictures of him doing that and catching him mid-air and catching him swinging his bass and making gifts out of it and catching the other guitarists jump up in the air too and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I'm actually doing the thing like before. I guess, you know, I was making money. I was a professional photographer, but like I'm like, OK, I've made it. I'm taking pictures of Tuck O'Leary jumping with his bass midair, like five feet in the air. Like, that's just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone has a different um, definition of I've made it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I get that for sure. Like I it's do you deal with imposter syndrome? Because like even now Every that day. I'm like a touring photographer, like I'm just like like last night I had a moment where I'm like, wait, have I surpassed some of my mentors actually now that I'm like a kind of a touring dude? Like am I actually surpassed a lot of people I looked up to? And that's kind of something kind of wild to me, because to me 
I feel almost the same as I did the first day I picked up a camera, just a clueless kid that wants to take pictures of bands. And now I'm like doing the thing, which is wild. Yeah. And I have one of those pictures as well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? How do you get through it? Um, my favorite photography related quote is the only photographer you should compare yourself to is the one you were yesterday. And I just try to keep that in mind. And also that, you know, most of the time when there's been someone I've looked up to, if I want to know how they're doing something and I talk to them and they're just so open about it, it really makes me feel like, yes, this is a community and probably no one else is judging me the way I'm judging myself. You know, there's probably people that even look up to me and I just try and view it as that is that, you know, I really just, I'm the one that's doing it. No one else is really looking down on me likely. And it's just a big welcoming community for the most part. Yeah. And I, I had the coolest moment because I mean, not to like disparage or whatever, but or talk down, but I like my first tour, it was kind of a thing where I'd send the photos and be like, okay, thanks. But my second tour with Burn Absolute, um, like I saw their drummer looking at the videos I took of him drumming just on repeat for days on end and just <laughs> gushing about how great I did. And it I think having support too, like having people you work with just outwardly give you support is like the biggest thing and like i cannot say it enough to like anybody watching who is not necessarily a photographer but like auxiliary to that or maybe just a fan of photography like if you like somebody's work or you're friends with a photographer hype them up you know you never know if they're this 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 close to just putting down the camera forever oh did you know that i've put my gear on ebay to be sold like 10 yeah. times since march 2022 <laughs> No. <laughs> like I've taken pictures and done the whole thing. Like I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. I am done. I am going back to a life of quiet. And then I always just take it you, off immediately. You're amazing. You can't give up. Yeah, I it's just there's a lot of self-doubt that we all go through, I think. And it's just pushing through it to get to the other end, and you're usually happier that you did push through it once you have, but I'm starting to ramble a bit. So my final question, I'm going to try and make this an ongoing thing. If you could tell Mel who just picked up a camera for music in 2019, any words of advice for the years to come, what would you tell her? Just to keep practicing, really not give up. Those big shows are coming. And so are the meaningful ones, but to just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty good advice. I mean, that's something a lot of people miss is just the practice part. Like, you're not going to get better sitting on your couch and waiting for the next yeah. show. You got to get out there. Yeah, put the work in and you'll get where you want to be. So, uh, well, thank you for joining me uh, today, yeah. Mel. Um, so before we go, uh, what is your Instagram? What is Music Scene Media's Instagram? My Instagram is melmay.photo, M-E-L-M-A-E.photo. 
And Music Scene Media is Music Scene Media. Are you open for bookings? Yes.